Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Sean Watson is facing 22 sexual assault civil lawsuits, accusations which the Houston Texans quarterback has denied. He's facing an investigation by the Houston Police Department. He's facing an investigation by the National Football League. And now he and his attorney, Rusty Harden, can no longer hide behind the anonymity of his accusers as Ashley Solis shared her story earlier this afternoon. My name is Ashley Solis. Remember that name? I hope every woman and man out there who is a survivor hears my story. And I hope my story gives them courage to speak out. It has taken me a long time to get to this point, to come out publicly and speak my truth. I know a lot of you are probably wondering who I was or if I even existed. I was afraid. I'm not afraid anymore. I do exist. I'm here to take back, uh, take back the power and take back control. I am a survivor of assault and harassment. Deshaun Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020, in my own home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. I am a licensed massage therapist, now that that, that profession that I love so much has been forever tainted. I'm deeply saddened, but not surprised to see so much victim blaming in the press and by online commenters. And they have absolutely no idea what I'm going through or what happened to me. No idea. This incident has impacted me in many ways, and those ways are hard to describe. I feel a range of emotions, guilt, embarrassment, shame, courage, Anger, sadness, and numbness. Some days I feel like a hero. Other days I feel like a failure. I replay the incident over and over in my head as if I'm trying to wake up from some horrible nightmare. Only that nightmare is real. I blame myself at times, which is insane. Society has groomed women to believe that it's their fault when they're harassed or assaulted. As if somehow we asked for it, or as if somehow we could have prevented it. I can no longer practice the profession that I love the most without shaking during the session. 
My hands shake whenever I place them on clean and I've had to cut the session short. If you only knew how heartbreaking that is to me. I got into massage therapy to heal people. To heal their minds and bodies. To bring peace to their souls. Deshaun Watson has robbed me of that. He took that away from me. He tainted a profession in which I take enormous pride. Um, a couple of things. Uh, Tony Busby, uh, the lawyer representing Solis, said that she has provided a statement to Houston police. And a second accuser, a woman by the name of Lauren Baxley, uh, she shared her story uh, via a letter uh, that was read by her attorney, Cornelia Branfield Harvey. And that letter, in part, uh, called Watson a predator with power, uh, who has, quote, meticulously designed has a meticulously designed facade to keep his victims second-guessing themselves, close quote. Mm. Baxley also said in her letter that every boundary from professional and therapeutic to sexual and degrading, you crossed. Um, Michael, your thoughts? A lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts, Uh, Mike. First of all, I'm glad that uh, Ashley Solis... And I will remember the name. I'm glad that yeah. she came out and she spoke. And we don't know what happened. I'm not saying I know what happened, but I listened to that young woman speak today. And, it, and her words were extremely powerful. And she is one of many women, one of many who has experienced something that they felt just was not was not just, was not right, and they felt like they needed to say something about it. Uh, She is one of the first to come out and put her name to it, but others, I'm guessing, Mike, others will follow. So it's powerful. Uh, Her words, I was hanging on every single word, um, seemed to be earnest, and I have to say it this way, seemed to be earnest, seemed to be sincere. Uh, We're trained as journalists, so we can't, you know, sit there and say, yeah, that's right. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a horrible human being. I don't know that. But I do know what I saw and what I heard, what I felt uh, listening to her speak. Now, I said that about being trained as a journalist, and I'd like your opinion on this. I I think, and I've said this to you before in different contexts, I think sometimes journalism is too passive. I think journalists are too passive When it comes to serious issues, because old school, and I think we're in a new school now, and I embrace the new school, but old school journalism has drilled into uh, writers and reporters, turning them into robots, turning them them into this side, that side, uh, synthesize, produce story robots. And you know what is missing from that formula? Let's get this side. Let's get the opposing side. 
Let's synthesize, spit it out. You know what's missing there? Common sense. That's why I put at some point, Mike, goodness gracious, not that we have to take a side, but we have to use our common sense. If it is he said, she said, then you kind of stand back and remain passive, remain a bystander. If it is two people saying something Which against it is. one person, it, but, but no, it's not two. I did, no, it's, it's they not, said. No, no, I got right. it. It's they. It's and, a lot of they. And now, it's a lot when you get to days. that, yeah. something happened. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened, but something happened. So we got to. We kind of got to get out of our little shell, our little protective bubble and say, okay, this is, this is what happened. Either, you use either, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry, finish. Okay, okay, I thought you were going to say something. Um, I was, but go ahead, no, you finish, I, either. I, I would say either 20 plus women that we know of, 20 plus women have gotten together with Tony Busby to create an incredible conspiracy against Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Watson. It could have been a misunderstanding. That's a possibility. Could have been a misunderstanding. Deshaun Watson, as, as he is a client, he has a way of making those he has hired. He has a way of making them feel less than human. He has a way of making them feel uncomfortable. He has a way of making them want to uh, go to an attorney and say, Hey, is this right? It, it was, was this right? So either it's either, or either it, it could be a big misunderstanding. It's a big conspiracy. It could be both. Or it could be both. It, it could be both. I mean, that's, it, it that's can, a lot of misunderstanding. Here's, here's, here's what I mean by both. No, but here's that's what I mean a lot of misunderstanding it, because it, no, no, let's just, let's just, no, no, let's just go through the numbers. So we have 22 civil cases filed, more than one, or at least, at least one now criminal complaint filed. And we have 18 on the record character witnesses, if you will, that Rusty Harden released statements from last week saying that. They had positive experiences with Deshaun Watson, which brings a total number to some 40 total massage therapists, which is a second, a, se- a separate conversation. And now we have two uh, named, no longer Jane Doe's, we have two named accusers. When I say it could be both, Michael, what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be all 22 that their account is the truth. If it's one, if it's two, if it's three, that's problematic in and of itself. So what I'm saying is somewhere in that 22, somewhere in that 22, it could, there could be a false, there could, I emphasize, could be a false allegation. Right. But the odds of all 22 lying, the odds of all 22 lying, there's that common sense you're talking about. You right. know, um, and like we said last week in response to the 18 character witnesses, that's like saying, I'm not racist. I got a black friend. You know, or that's like saying, hey, he never punched me in my face. There's no way he would punch somebody else in the face. Um, before we play the rest of Ms. Solis's uh, commentary, uh, commentary, her account, I beg your pardon. Um, yeah. I'll give you my commentary because I want to focus on a phrase you used a moment ago, which was retrain ourselves as journalists. It's not just retraining ourselves as journalists, it's retraining ourselves as a society and retraining ourselves as men to understand that 
we should more often than not believe women until proved otherwise. We need to believe women. Now, this is not me saying definitively that I know what happened. But what I'm saying is, and I've said this before, we both said this before, we need to realize that false allegations are rare. By and large, false allegations are rare. And what Ashley Solis did today can't be described as anything other than brave. You'd have to be the most cynical of individuals to believe that she is acting right now. So I'm not inclined to believe that she's lying. If, we, if we're going to say we're not taking a side, we can't say, okay, she's lying. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it can't, because it, it, like she has put her name to this. This has elevated this. This has escalated this to a different level than an anonymous accusation that That's you right. could just That's chalk right. up to some money hungry, publicity seeking lawyer or some quote unquote gold digging women. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're trained to be objective, and there are two sides to a, so a story, and Deshaun Watson has denied it. But what we saw today was brave, and it was rare. And it, again, it is rare for women to make this up, these types of allegations up. Could they, could they be making it up? Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. And here's where, where it also gets What's messy. What's the motive? What's the motive is, for all of them? What's the motive for exactly, all of them to be? Exactly. Exactly. Making this up. That's exactly right. And putting your name to right. it. And, and putting your, your name, name to it. it, your face and your name to it. I mean, she said, I was afraid. I'm not afraid anymore. She said, I am a survivor. She named her alleged attacker by name. Um, she was very compelling. The other part of it, though, too, is it's like. I, I think it goes without saying at this point that. Deshaun Watson has lost in the court of public opinion. Right. Um, yeah. There, there. I mean, because it's just this. It's it's too far. It's gone too far for this to be chalked up to just, you know, a, a conspiracy. Um, and I, oh, this is what I want to say. I think that could also. There's also room though, and this is often what happens with with sexual assault. It's not just he said, she said. In the case of the individual encounters. It's also she saw, he saw. Like they could they can see the encounter in different ways. And that's yeah. still inappropriate. And that's wrong. See, I think that, I think we go I, I, I'm gonna stay with that retrain theme, Michael. Like we train ourselves to think that an abuser or an assaulter, that they look a certain way and conduct themselves hey, a certain oh, my. way. And, we, oh, and, and, and that they that they dress tell a certain it. way, that they talk a certain way, and that the encounters go a certain way, where it's like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, this yep. person, he he grabbed the woman and 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 shoved her to the ground and for, and covered her mouth and forced herself on her the way the, like like the way we see it in the movies, like it's the accused or something, like it like it's always like that, where sexual assault has a lot of varying degrees and it takes on a lot of different forms that are so much more subtle until where we don't truly understand as a society yet, by and large, what it entails. And that's why I kept going last right. week. So we got to stop centering the quarterback here. Obviously, he's the big name. Obviously, he's the guy with the reputation. He is the accused, yes. and he deserves to defend himself, which, again, in a court of public opinion, they have ineffectively done, in my, in my opinion, to this yeah, point. Yeah, and, and, and they're almost, he does, they're and, almost and, dipping and, their and toe And he doesn't deserve to be convicted. He doesn't deserve to be convicted 
by the court of public opinion. He'll have the legal process does need to play out. However, other than who we believe Deshaun Watson to be, other than who we believe Deshaun Watson to be based on, uh, you know, his public persona, some of our personal encounters with him, his his philanthropy. Other than that, if we're going to just use that common sense you're talking about and just look at the the accusations, the evidence, and now the in-person account from Ashley Solis and then the letter um, that was written by another accuser, exactly, like you said, what is the motive? Exactly what are we to, 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 how are we to process this if we're we're going to remove the Deshaun Watson of it all and just who he is and who we think think, think that he is as a person, we're just going to remove that from the conversation and look at it for what it is I, I think I think we would be turning the clock back on the progress we'd like to think that we made as a, as a society if we were to sit up here and still say, "Well, she's lying," or "This is just a this is just a, a money grab. This is a conspiracy. This is just a." Mm-hmm. I didn't like the lawyer at the beginning, Mike. Michael, you know it. I came out firing at Tony Busby for posting it on Instagram. Yeah, I, I was with you. But I was with you. That was that was 21 lawsuits ago, a criminal and, and complaint to the, the point. police department ago. A, a, wait, let's not forget yeah. a Sports Illustrated testimony ago, the story yeah. from from another accused of Sports Illustrated. Oh, by the way, Tony Busby claims that there are five other cases that his firm declined to pursue for whatever reason. There's just so and now a name, a face and a voice uh, to one of the accusers. It's just too much right now. It's just it's just too and, much and, to dismiss. And you know what, Mike? As some kind of a conspiracy. You know, you said it so well. We said so many things so well there. And I, I want to just make two uh, two points on this and then give it back to you. One, and, and, and that's the point about absolutes. Absolutes are false. So if you get into an absolute and you're trying to talk about somebody, whether you're talking about them publicly or not, absolutes are false. Nobody is all great and nobody is all terrible. Yeah. So if we're talking about the philanthropy of, of Deshaun Watson, that's real. Uh, he, he, did, he did give that money. He did give those scholarships. That's real. You're talking about, you know, the, the, he's a good teammate and well, I'll follow him anywhere. Okay. Yeah, he was a good teammate and a good captain. And, and this could have yeah. happened too. Like, it happens with yes. a lot of people. We just yes. kind of get into these these yes. casts, these these characters. We put, put somebody in a slot, and we'll never let them out of that slot. And sometimes that's based on race. Sometimes that's based on gender. Sometimes that's based on politics. And it's all false. Nobody's like that. It, yeah. People are complicated. That's one. Here's the other thing. You know, um, Deshaun Watson has decided. You mentioned the uh, court of public opinion, and he's losing. And I agree with you. They're losing. Rusty Harden, his attorney. Deshaun Watson are losing a court of public, public opinion. Game's, reason, o- game's over, actually. At this point, right, the game's but over. But the reason I, I that's so relevant. Game's over. Yeah, but here's the reason that's so relevant. It's because they're playing. So you could say, oh, it's unfair that they're losing in the court of public opinion, but they're not doing it. They're taking the high road, and we're going to let this process play out. We will have our time in court, or we will. No, no. They're, they're bringing out those 18 witnesses that you mentioned. You're having Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. say, I have never done Hard, this. Harden has Rusty, made statements. Rusty Harden Hard saying, has made statements. this is false. Right. So if right. you're going to do or it. Or he's been critical because they've been anonymous, which they no longer are. 
Yeah. And he's been critical because they never went to the police because, oh, they can't hold up under interrogation, under actual in police investigation. They've gone to the police now. And they're no longer anonymous. Granted, they're not under oath, but they're no longer anonymous. You got two options, Rusty Harvey two of them and Deshaun right. Watson. Two options. I think it's pretty simple right now. You got two options. Stop playing in the court of public opinion. Just say, no, we're not doing it. Don't do it. Just stand down or come out and say something. Explain. If you're going to do this, you have to do it better. Explain why are there, why should we believe that 20 plus women are not telling the truth? Why should we believe that it's a different story? Uh, you can't go out there, you can't, you can't be on the fence. They're on the fence. Or maybe they're off the fence, they're just, <laughs> just getting pummeled, just doing a terrible job. Yeah. Where you have Tony Busby coming out with specifics, you have Ashley Solis today putting her name there, telling a story, and then you have Rusty Harden and, and Deshaun Watson kind of and tap Lauren dancing Baxley. here. You better do something. You gotta do something. And either either and stop Lauren talking. Baxley. Right. Yeah. Stop talking or start talking better. No, but there's again, I think at one point it was like, well, this is ridiculous still. Like 22, like with the same lawyer, there, there were different holes that one could attempt if you were so inclined to poke in, in these accusations. And, and there's still, and I'm sure there still are, again, if you're so inclined, whether right. it's, you know, one, one lawyer, um, uh, 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 an unbelievable amount of cases, all of which had some consistencies throughout in terms of a pattern. Um, but this isn't about the lawyer anymore. This isn't right. about um, whether all of them are telling the truth. Only a couple of them, only one of them, for, only one of them needs to be telling the truth for this to be a problem. Then it'd be all 22. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. 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 Hmm. And again, it's not it's not just Tony Busby's Instagram account like it was at the very beginning. This is a Sports Illustrated uh, account that somebody did not file a case that that it, that was not uh, that it, she's a, she's a uh, Mary. She went by Mary, not Jane Doe, but Mary. But somebody not connected to Tony Busby. Two women now have put their name on this. So I, 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 there's, there is no, I don't know what the comeback is, if, if you will, for this, for Deshaun Watson. What, 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 is, what is your counter when, when so many uh, damning accusations have been made now? But the most important thing, Michael, again, I, I can't stress this enough, and we will, because part of it is what happens next as it relates to Deshaun Watson. Um, we will talk about him but it's so important to, again, not center the quarterback and continue to focus on I agree. these accusers, these alleged victims. And with that in mind, let's play a little bit more from Ashley Solis, uh, who I th- think spoke for about five minutes. So we have more uh, from her uh, statement that she gave earlier. Flashes of Washington's face are rushed to me in the moment. I think of his penis touching me, which sends me into a tailspin. I suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. 
I am in counseling as a result of Sean Watson's actions. I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on me emotionally and physically. And I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on these other survivors. My father, who was once a diehard Texans fan, can no longer mention his name without turning red, seething with disappointment. I think that that's the most heartbreaking aspect of it all. We were all deceived into thinking Deshaun Watson was a good guy. And unfortunately, we know that good guys can do terrible things. This incident is a part of me, but it's not all of me. I would not let Deshaun Watson define who I am. I would not let him win. He needs to be held accountable for his actions. I will not let him take my power away. I am stronger now, and I know who I am. People say that I'm doing this just for money. That is false. I come forward now so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. And I come forward now in the hopes that no other human being will assault another in the future. I want to prevent this type of conduct. I come forward now to bring change in our society. I am seeking justice not just on behalf of myself, but for all survivors. I stand with you all. This is about having my voice heard. This is about having other survivors' voices heard. My, my name is Ashley Solis, and I am a survivor. Me too. Thank you. I am a survivor. Um, mm. Man. That, that's what an, what an incredible moment. And again, I... <laughs> What an incredible statement. That's, what, that's just the bravery there is. Uh, you don't you don't see it often. You really don't see it often. Um, and everything's on the table now. Uh, you know, we got company coming up, so I know we're going to uh, be up against the break soon. We can certainly come back to this. But everything's on the table now for everybody. The Texans, Cal McNair put out a statement um, condemning uh, sexual assault in general and, and expressing how much the organization uh, takes it, these accusations very seriously. He sent a letter, matter of fact, to the season ticket holders. Um, obviously the NFL was already investigating. Um, and now that this has escalated to the point of not one, but two accusers putting their names on it, which is a huge step. Um, I find it hard to believe that the, as, as this, as this legal process uh, moves on. I don't see the league and the team sitting by idly much, if any longer. As yeah, I was say, Mike, you're right. Him on the exempt list. Uh, yeah. There's nothing to suspend him from. He was already going to stay away from team activities. There are no team activities. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's. My guess is that everything's happens. on the table at this point. And, and his, his professional career is the least of his concerns right now. Right. It may, that, but that, and that's that, the least of his concerns right now. That, absolutely, I agree with you. That that movement from the NFL yeah. may happen today while we're on the air or or, or, or tomorrow. This thing is going to happen quickly. They have to. They can't yeah. sit there uh, idly and just let it play out. That that's That's gone. They have to make a statement. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back to this later on. Um, there's, there's a lot more to unpack when it comes to these latest Deshaun Watson developments. But coming up, we have, oh, just a national championship 
winning coach. Why not? How about you know, that? You know? Yeah. Tara Vanderveer. Coming right up. Stick around. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Well, Michael and so Michael, thank you so much this. for having me. Um, invite thank me back you. if we win a national championship. Yeah, deal. Hey, it's a deal. Deal. All right. Got it. All there. right. All right. Listen, uh, well, Michael well, Smith, well. <laughs> Coach Tara Vanderveer, you put it in the atmosphere. You created this. You did it. Thank you, you for inviting me back. <laughs> hey, listen. Not only that. Not only did we invite you back. Thank you for being a woman in your a woman of your word. You did come back. And I, first of all, congratulations. What thank a you. game! Congratulations. Okay. There were. T- I- was a couple games that were like that. So, yeah, gave me a little more gray hair. I, I, I'm telling you, and me too. And me too. Yeah, I, I need to know. In those final six seconds of the championship game, can you give us a sense of the 25 or 30 or 35 thoughts that you had in those um, six seconds that must have felt like 16 minutes? Well, I mean, I think going into that, you mean like going into the last play? Um, exactly. Right. We, well, I mean, I think everyone in the gym, it didn't, you know, it doesn't take a coach to, you know, everyone knew the ball was going to Aerie. And our, you know, we had Anna Wilson was guarding her and had guarded her well the whole game. And then we just brought some, we just brought some help. Uh, we just said, hey, the ball's going there, the clock's going down, get up there, double, triple, do what you got to take to create a bad shot. And she still got it up on the rim and it almost went in, but um, you know, that's just a credit to what a great player she is. And, you know, what a great job Adia has done at Arizona. Um, you know, so many of the uh, young coaches, uh, Don Staley, great job at South Carolina. So, you know, they're all out there trying to make my life miserable. <laughs> well, you know what, this time, this time they did not make your life miserable. You won your third national championship. And I'm wondering, Coach, after all of the interviews, after the celebrations, after every, every, everything calms down, what was the first thing you did? The first thing you did, you said, okay, I'm a national champion now. 
Everybody's mm-hmm. away. What's the first private moment you had? What happened there? Well, you know, one of the one of the challenges um, and, and, and good challenges, and I just put this out there. I just could not respond to the hundreds and hundreds of text messages and emails, thousands, honestly. And so that's what I kind of have been trying to do is catch up on, you know, thanking people for supporting our team, encouraging our team. And I guess the, the message that I have for uh, for anyone that, you know, that is listening, that knows uh, our Stanford team and our Stanford program is this was not just a win for our team. This was a win for all the great, great, great players that have played at Stanford. Neko Gomake, Cheneo Gomake, Jane Appel, Candace Wiggins, uh, Roz Gold on Wood A, Kate Starbird, uh, uh, on a litany of tremendous All-Americans, great players that um, you know, our team stood on their shoulders and we're really proud to be part of the Stanford program. Coach, I think everybody understands that you're inundated right now. So definitely use this platform and any other. It's kind of like when you, I imagine, I imagine when you win like an Academy Award, you can't thank everybody. You'd be up all day, right. up there all day. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. this is great. You know, kind of use, use these platforms to maybe get yeah. the message out to as many people as possible. They're in your hearts. We know they're in your hearts. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned those text messages. You've also, we talked about this back in December uh, when you were going through this odyssey this year, when you had this nomadic experience, I think it was 86 days on the road. But you call this a, a very low-maintenance team, which seems to be a little counterintuitive when you think of what you guys had to deal with and the inconvenience you guys right. had to put up with. Can you kind of expound on that a little bit more and and, and how this team displayed that maturity or even that leadership to deal with right. everything. You went 31 and two this year. It really should be 40 and two because you'd be COVID for crying out loud. You know, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it, this team was under the most incredible pressure, not just COVID, but, you know, living in Northern California, our County shut down. We're moved out of our gym. Our players ha- are not allowed in their locker room, uh, not allowed in the weight room. Um, you know, just uh, all the food is to go. Uh, they're, you know, in their own rooms, on Zoom classes, no fans allowed. Um, you know, on, uh, we, we would leave, we'd take Monday off, we'd leave on Tuesday, we would play uh, back-to-back games up on the road sometimes. We went to Washington State and played them back-to-back up there at their place because we had no gym. Um, so we, it was just, it was an, a double, double challenge. But I think that in some backwards way, the adversity that we faced off the court and the resilience that we developed off the court helped us on the court. So when we were on the court, we're like, hey, we're not going to let COVID get us down. We're not going to let it ruin our basketball. And and we played some great teams, you know, in our conference and in the tournament. And we just got tougher and stronger uh, as the tournament went along. You know, uh, Coach, I, I know that Coaching is not just about winning national championships. I mentioned that this is your third championship. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of relationships that you develop over the years. You get to see uh, young women really mature and, and get confidence and, and achieve great things long after they leave uh, your care and, and the Stanford campus. But, you know, a championship is the pinnacle of it. Uh, and I'm wondering, like, some of your thoughts between 92 in 2021, you had won two out of three. So you win in 1992. Okay, two out of three. We're rolling. Right. Hey, will it be three out of four, four out of six? What are we going to? And then you get to, here we are in 2021 with the third. Did you start to think, 
hey, maybe another championship won't happen or championships are not the end all be all. Like what, what was your process during that time? Well, I think that, um, you know, we, we did, you know, things have changed a lot in the last 30 years, but, um, and a lot of programs, Stanford was one of the first programs that said, Hey, we're, we're all in on women's basketball. And since then, a lot of other programs have said, Hey, we're all in on women's basketball, which is great. So there's, there is more competition. There is more, uh, I think, you know, recruiting analytics, all this, um, but Stanford is unique in that, uh, honestly, I mean, it's, I, the Dean of admissions is the person that is the most important person for me. Um, our Dean of admissions hmm. determines who is going to be on our team and Stanford does not have a back door for admissions. And so, you know, there might be a time where we have a great front line, but we just, we couldn't have, we didn't get the point guard we needed, or we might have, you know, a great point guard and just not have the center we needed. Um, so this year uh, we, we were able to have everything and we we've knocked on the door uh, again, 10 times. I bet we have 10 teams that were potential national championship teams with Neko Gumake. We went to the final four, four times. Um, so, and sometimes again, you, you know, I say, I don't think it's luck, but um, you know, kind of the saying, the harder you work, the luckier I get, we worked hard, but we had a, a, an opportunity sometimes where we would, we'd get the last shot and it wouldn't go in just like those shots didn't go in against us. But um you know, obviously our goal is to win a national championship every year. Um, you know, you're always going to shoot for it because why not? But um, maybe sometimes you have injuries. We were healthy this year, which was fantastic. Uh, we had 12 players healthy basically the whole season. So uh, maybe, you know, we have to learn from what we did this year, maybe uh, with our, our practices. Um, so, you know, but it was um, it. I'm really proud of our team because there was so much that went into the, like you said, the maturity. Um, and I call it low maintenance because like no one's late for the bus, you know, I mean, you know, I have no issue that like, take you aside and say, Hey, you got to shape up. Um, it was, they, they really are a close team. They love each other. They play hard. We have a, a great sisterhood. Uh, last one for me, coach. And this is uh, only the second time I've had the pleasure of talking to you, but from what I can tell, your team defends as well as you defend against compliments. Um, hmm. And that's a compliment that I'm, that I'm giving you, you because the last time we talked to you was right. It was fresh off the wins record and everything was about everybody else as is, hmm. as is your way, which is why you've stood the test of time. I'll just ask you simply this. And I kind of know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. Um, assuming your blood pressure has come down from being the first team to have two one point wins in final four history, uh, men yeah. or women, have you or will you? Because again, you're trying to respond to everybody. Uh, you're talking about everybody that laid the foundation for this for this program to win a championship. And I'm sure pretty soon you're going to turn the page the next season. Have you or will you allowed yourself uh, allow yourself to actually reflect on what this means for you and your life and your career and your journey? 29 years apart, uh, winning another national championship. Will you ever allow yourself to take a moment for you? Well. Um... I guess a little bit in the, just in a, a funny way, like um, that people maybe wouldn't understand, but I, I'm not really a collective type of person, but um, you know, I have a, a really nice uh, kind of uh, collage from the Olympics and um, just, I, I just, I'm not a keeper, but I, I just happened to keep on this trip. I kept um, the pins that we got from the uh, each game. So I have all, all, all my pins and then 
I kept my saying that I had in my, um, I did a, you know, these, um, um, I made Rice Krispie treats for our team and put a saying in each one of them for our, our team. And I kept mine and then I kept my bracket. And so maybe what I'll do is uh, frame that and have the, the pins and the saying and my bracket where with my handwriting, you know, so like a little thing like that, you know, that I could put on the wall someday. But, um, you know, I don't um, I don't need a lot of attention and strokes because this is not what fuels me. This is not what um, I, I don't, I, I love that it's about, about the players. You know, I love that it's about the players and I love that it's about, you know, other people um, because my life is so rich uh, with what I do and, and what means a lot to me, um, whether it's my family or my dogs or, um, you know, working out and going water skiing or whatever, you know, for me. Um, but I, I'm just happy to be a part and be uh, able to, um, have this happen for people that I'm really close to that I love and, and I work with. So, uh, I don't, I don't like to be the center of attention, but you know, this year I have been a lot. Um, but, um, it's, it's, you know, basketball was invented as a team sport, always has been a team sport and always will be a team sport. And that's how I see it. So whether it's my great assistant coaches that, you know, help me through those last six seconds, you know, or, you know, our administration or whatever, you know, the great players that I coach, um, you know, it's not, you know, my dad always said too, you know, you're not going to win the Kentucky Derby on a donkey. We got great players. So, you know, we can give the ball to Haley Jones and she scores, or we, you know, we got Keanu Williams or Anna Wilson or, you know, Lexi Hall and it goes into Cameron Brink. So, you know, that's, that's how you win. Well, that's a great answer. And we know you got to go. So, look, I'm not necessarily you, superstitious, Coach, coach but um, <laughs> how about you come back on the anniversary of the first time you came on our show? So that would All be right. in December, and then we can just keep this thing going. This team, our team, can keep this thing going. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I like that. And, you know, um, I'm happy to do that. I just want to give a special shout-out to Adia Barnes, who has taken her Arizona team from basically – nothing in the desert to, you know, an awesome, awesome program, filling that arena. Um, and also, um, you know, to have two women in the final four, two women of color in the final four with Dawn Staley, who has also taken a graveyard job in South Carolina. Uh, and I know this because my sister was an assistant coach there and filled that arena with great, great, uh, you know, fans and players. Um, you know, let's look at the, the trend in women's basketball of, you know, hiring uh, black women and uh, women of color to give them opportunities. So uh, I, I think that, you know, this is a world we live in and bravo to women's basketball. Thank you. That's it's absolutely great. in a great place. Well said, Coach. We appreciate you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Congratulations. All right, brothers. Uh, enjoy it. You, you're probably <laughs> already on the next year. You, you're probably already thinking about next season, right? <laughs> I am. You're right. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Thank you very much. Good. Enjoy you guys a little bit longer. Stay well. Thank you. Stay well, stay well and invite me you back. You too. Take care. All righty. You're invited. Absolutely. Open, Open invitation. invitation. Take care. Always. Thank you very much.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Baylor University, I did not come to go to the NCAA tournament. We came to win games at the NCAA tournament. We came with the chance to win a national championship at Baylor University. We have the resources. We have the people. We have the leadership. And I think we have the family atmosphere to do it down here. And that's my goal in the next few years, to bring Baylor to that forefront. Patterson will put the brakes on and dribble this one out. And the Baylor Bears do indeed bear down to knock off the unbeaten Gonzaga Bulldogs and claim the school's first men's basketball championship and just the second men's basketball title in the history of the state of Texas. Baylor 86, Gonzaga 70 wire to wire winner for the Baylor Bears national champions in 2021. Just got finished talking to Coach Vanderveer about graveyard jobs. Uh, yeah. and that's an unfortunate. Tell me about it. That's actually that's actually an unfortunate uh, pun, unintentional uh, when it comes to Baylor, uh, given what happened in the years preceding uh, Scott Drew. Uh, before he got there uh, in 03, they went 36 and 69 in his first four seasons. Uh, looked like they were on the cusp of doing something special last year, and of course the tournament got canceled. And last night, Michael, and, it, and I coincidentally, because uh, you know, I told you, I just randomly watch MCU movies just as background noise, whatever. Um, I, I had on Infinity War earlier. Good. And yeah. Last night was the Hulk versus Thanos at the beginning of Infinity War, where Hulk just slammed, where, where Thanos just slammed the Hulk. It just like let him have his fun, and it just it, on paper it should have been a fight, <laughs> but like it was not. And, and honestly, that may that may be a little bit too generous to the game last night because it is. Gonzaga didn't it even really get is. those first few licks in because because Hulk came out swinging until Thanos showed him what time it was. <laughs> you never again. And body slammed this was him. Never again. And, and, and sent and sent and sent Hulk into an identity crisis. That's how bad Thanos beat the piss out about the incredible about the incredible Hulk. 
last night it was kind of like that. It was it wasn't men versus boys. It was it was varsity versus JV. It was just they played at a different speed, a different height, a different pace, a different level of intensity, and it, it doesn't come as a shock. Uh, to anybody who's actually been paying attention to Baylor this year because they did what they do. They made threes, they forced turnovers, and they rebounded, specifically on the offensive end. But it, I, I thought we'd see more resistance, I guess, from Gonzaga, but it just speaks to, you know, the, the depth and the strength of the program right. uh, that Scott Drew has built. I think, I think uh, Gonzaga did everything that it was capable of doing. Everything it was capable of doing, but Baylor was better. Baylor was better, and Baylor is yeah. better. So it was no, it's no accident that this game turned out this way. And, and, and if you really think about it, if you go back to the beginning, all the people we talked about, you, you've been upfront about it, and, uh, and I have to a degree, but you, I think you've been more honest about it than I have, about how much you col- uh, follow college basketball, which is not that much. So I, I guess I just need to be a little more honest, too. I don't follow it that much either. I just like to you know, I come up with hot takes every now and then on college basketball. But really... If you think about the people that we've talked to since the beginning of this tournament, think about the comments that we've heard. Monica McNutt said, talking about men's basketball, she said Baylor. Her prediction was Baylor was going to win it uh, on the men's side and the women's side. And I know Baylor women yeah, think which, yeah, we, we, we should have. Mm, <laughs> we kind of should DJ be Nate, there. Ask DJ Nate Carrington about that. Right. They should. They should so, have at least been in the Mon- Monica McNutt, Baylor. Beginning, we talked about what Jeff Goodman, Jeff Goodman said, Jeff Goodman said, Baylor, right? You say, hey, Baylor's, you know, I really like Baylor. And yesterday, Jordan Cornett said, Baylor, they got that dog in there. Remember that? He said they got that dog in there. Definitively. He didn't hedge. He didn't hedge yesterday. He said, he said, if UCLA, if you go struggle with UCLA, yeah, okay, they're fine. But you haven't seen Baylor. So it really and, is and I don't and I don't buy that the UCLA game took anything out of Gonzaga either. By the way, I don't that, think was, so that, that like it was no, this, this, yeah, this this was just Baylor no. was just too good. This wasn't this wasn't no. Gonzaga was out Baylor, of gas because of an overtime give game. Give Baylor no, or oh, two nights before. Give Baylor the love that it deserves. Give Scott Drew uh, the the love that he deserves. Like the whole give the whole Drew family, Bryce Homer, <laughs> give them all some love for what Baylor was able to accomplish. I'm happy for him. It was not the only thing I'm disappointed by, Mike, is that it was not the game that we all thought it could be. And we knew that very early. Well, here, here, here's, what you, here's what you and I were guilty of, all right, as just the casual college Being sentimental. Fans. Being sentimental. We were rooting for the story. We rooted yeah. for the story. We let, we, let, we let our desire for the story to see history for the first time in my lifetime, not yours, we we let our desire to see an undefeated team cloud our better judgment. Because I mean, have listen, fun I, in hell. You've seen enough. Hey, of Michael Baylor. Smith, have fun <laughs> in hell. <laughs> I mean, but we both we both knew Baylor was good coming in. We knew, we knew we knew we knew that they weren't some. This isn't some under the radar program. We knew that Baylor was good. We knew they had talent. We knew they shot the three well. I mean, it doesn't take you don't have to watch every Baylor game to know that they've been blowing people out just as much. As Gonzaga did, but Gonzaga, I think, even though they're not Cinderella, they're still Cinderella-ish, and so they've captured our imagination for a while now as a program, even though they're a powerhouse now. And listen, this was by at least Ken Pomeroy's rankings, 
arguably the greatest team of all time coming into this game. So it's not like we were just, it's not like there was some fluke either, right? They belonged here. They deserved the accolades. They deserved the hype. 27 straight double-digit victories. So I think, I know for me, I was rooting for Gonzaga more than I was picking Gonzaga because I wanted to see somebody run the table, which if anybody is ever going to do it, you'd think it would have been Gonzaga. I have my doubts after last night as to whether anybody's actually going to do it, mostly because, you know what, here's, here's one other lesson as I pass it to you. Don't trust the AP poll. The next time an AP one versus two face off, pick number two because they're five and zero now in these national championship games. So clearly the AP poll keeps getting it wrong when it comes to which is the better team going in. So yeah, I mean yeah. you said it right. It's it's all love, all props, all respect due to Baylor. Full stop. And I, I think the, another difficult, uh, just a difficult path to going uh, to being undefeated is. You know, looking at that schedule, look, it's, it's, and I know conferences, so-called mid-major conferences, they kind of push back against this. And, you know, they're tired of people, hey, don't pick on us. Don't pick on us just because you haven't heard of our conference. Our conference is tougher than you think. You're not giving us the respect. But, look, the reason some of these teams don't go undefeated is because they are facing more competition. Right, I mean, it's just they're, making, they're facing more competition within the conference. So can, Gonzaga can do it can kind of mitigate that by scheduling tough out of conference opponents, and Gonzaga does that. I know that. But it's hard you're playing in a, a big time conference. Yeah, it's hard to just kind of run the table, not only in the regular season but in the conference tournament too. Sometimes you just take a loss in the conference tournament, right? And they were the off. Well, they were also they were they were they were off the COVID when when they had to pause their season, right? They had to pause their season, yeah. and then they came off of that a little flat. I think that's where they, they lost a couple of games uh, post post COVID break or if, whatever you want to call it or interruption post the COVID interruption. But they started what seventeen and zero. And I mean, and, and there's a look at that. Baylor won thirteen games against opponents ranked in the top thirty of net since January. Gonzaga played five. I mean. Yeah. So this wasn't you point you pointed out at the top. This was not a shock that Baylor won as much as it was from an entertainment standpoint coming off of Saturday night, a disappointment that they won going away. Not a shock, more of a disappointment. It felt it was a little anticlimactic given the stakes, given we just saw Saturday night. Uh, for the casual fan, again, for the yeah, for the expert, absolutely. it wasn't a, it wasn't a shock. For the casual fan, and given Gonzaga's own statistical resume, uh, it was surprising to see Baylor just curse you know, off them the exactly. Way they did. And, you know, like uh, you know, two things. One, I'd say as as a as a fan of just big games and big events, and most big events where there's a clock involved. I just root for the game to be close down to the last five, four or five yeah. minutes. Then I say, okay, yeah. whatever happens, just yeah. give me some entertainment for yeah. four or five minutes for, until the last yeah. four or five minutes. Yeah. And then let what, what's going to happen, yeah. what's supposed to happen, let it happen. Um, so that yeah. didn't take place last night. And I was disappointed. But I, I was thinking about you. So here's the question last when did night. you shut it down? When did you shut, when did you shut it down? Because like after the night before, after versus, I was like, oh, I could get an early night's sleep. So Mason wanted to stay up all night and watch it, and and, and but when it, I forgot which point the game because Mason was. wanted to because Mason um, wanted to stay up all night. 
No, no, no. But I, look, I was in my room in the bed watching it. Mason was downstairs. Yeah. I said, you got a hall pass tonight. I'm, I'll take the bullet with your mama. You know, you, you can stay up and watch the national championship game, especially after the weekend's basketball is like, go ahead and watch the game. So I, I don't remember what point in the game it was. Um, and I don't have the, the play-by-play in front of me. But when they went up 16, it was a wing three. Uh, I think it might have been Butler, but when it was a, when it was, when it was a wing three that put him up 16, I was like, all right. I was like, hey, Mason, <laughs> go to bed. He's like, he's like, but, Dad. I was like, dude, take it from me. I've watched enough games. They ain't coming back. We have tried to, like, oh, if they can just get it to 10. Even at halftime, oh, it's 10. Like, oh, okay, maybe because. And they actually did. Like, this was they the, cut it, it to it, 10. It was, it was ne- it, but, I mean, but even then, it's like, we know how this movie's going to end. Like, this is they had to just work a matter so of what hard. is the margin. They had to, to work yes, so hard just to just cut to it get to that. 10. Bro, the contested threes is what trips me out. I mean, Baylor was making, like, it was just, it, it was it was almost unfair. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, it, you want, it, you wish, Gonzaga was like, can we, like, it's like, can we reset this? Can we hit the reset button? Can we start this over? Game, game cheating right now. It's when the game is cheating. It's like, wait a minute, what else yeah. we got to do? And then when they would miss, I think Baylor had 16 offensive rebounds. Gonzaga had 17 defensive rebounds. When they did miss, they couldn't finish the possessions. It was, it, they were overwhelmed. Uh, they were overwhelmed. They mauled. They mauled them. And, and good for them. You know, I, I thought about something you said, though. And they finally caught up with the ladies. About- they finally caught yeah. up with the ladies. It took you long enough, fellas. The ladies got three championships, right? <laughs> so it took y'all long enough. I think there was something you said yesterday talking about Gonzaga. You said, hey, if they lose, does that put a, a negative spin on their season? Does that does that make it that, you know, somehow yeah. this was, I don't know if you said it was a, a waste, footnote. but is it, Are well, they, footnote. Well, and well, okay, we have I an answer. It was a, yes. could it be a, I said, could it be a footnote? Yes. Footnote, yes. Yeah. Yep, footnote. Now, if you lose, and there's a way to do this, loss, too. Right? Like, if you lose it, right, if you lose it to buzzer, okay. Hey, nobody, yeah. nobody, here's a, here's a crazy thing. And I, I don't know how, I think this would take a, a, a psychologist, really, to get into this. Or psychologist, psychiatrist, the whole life of the mind profession to really break this down. Why is it that we remember... Something like a five. We need. The, we remember the nickname Five Slamma Jamma Houston. We remember them. Yeah. Clyde. Oh, they were dope. Clyde Drexler, Kim Olajuwon. They didn't win it, but they lost it to Buzzer. Right. The fat. The, the Fab Five. The Fab Five. The Fab Five. They didn't win it. Yeah. Had a cool nickname. Yeah. Had iconic, iconic guys. And Gonzaga, they lost by sixteen in the national championship game, and it wasn't that close. They almost won it. They almost went undefeated, but not really. So, yeah, I think, unfortunately, the calculus didn't work yeah. out that way. I don't think they're going to be remembered as a great we'll, team. We'll remember the moment, but we, we'll remember the moment, but we won't revere the team. Like, it'll be in, every, in, in, in Final Four montages and highlight videos, and this is what March Madness is all about. It's one of, it's, it's, it will stand as one of the greatest games and one of the greatest shot. finishes, buzzer beaters we've ever seen. But it will not stand. They will. They will not be a team that is brought up in terms of memorable teams. Great run, great run. But yeah, I mean, I and, and it's an unfortunate reality. But it's like to get to get waxed the way they did in that last game. 
I'm not saying it exposed him. I would, I would, again, this is about how good Baylor is, was, and especially was last night. But yeah, there's, it's not, it's not like they lost a, a heartbreaker. Maybe any loss, it would have been the same feeling about this squad in this season. But it, 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 Baylor played like they didn't belong on the same floor with them last night. You know. Did it, you see? Uh, it was really, really impressive. Did you see who the uh, favorite is to win the national championship next year? Next season? Is it Gonzaga? Is it Gonzaga? Gonzaga. Yeah. Come on. I can't take it anymore. Just win one. I've been listening to Gonzaga. Hey, this is going to be the year. Man, Gonzaga's like the Cubs used to be back in the day. The Cubs and the Red Sox. (laughs) Hey, this year. Maybe this year. Is this the year? (laughs) Come on. Just close it down. (laughs) Beat the curse. The Billy Goat. The Bambino. Beat your, uh, what's your curse, Gonzaga? <laughs> what's your curse? Go ahead, slay that thing. I'm rooting for you. Michael Smith is rooting for you. Brother from another, everybody here on the show is rooting no, for I Gonzaga to win. Which, I mean, we've only had, I mean, since 76. I mean, think about the, the, the landscape of this, the game. It, it, it may be impossible. It may be impossible. For somebody to, 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 to run the table throughout the regular season and the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I know they were. But it felt so far away. It felt it so did. far away. And that, but that was the first time since 79 that anybody had gotten that far undefeated. To the, to gotten on the precipice of it. So even to get that far undefeated is an accomplishment in and of itself. To think somebody's going to do that and finish the job against presumably a quality opponent who may be just as good, if not better, as Baylor was last night. You might just have to tell me stories, old man, about what it was like back in the day of undefeated teams. Because I don't remember. No, game's so different. I still remember. I wish <laughs> I could tell you stories. I can tell you other stories, though. I educate you most of the time. So maybe I'll just keep that up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So uh, you may have seen just now, as we uh, as we always do, as we reset for the second hour, we uh, update where we are when it comes to our feeds. You know, I have uh, that the Niners are taking Mac Jones unless they aren't. The reason I, I said that is, you know, ever since the Niners made that big trade with the Dolphins to get up to number three, our um, guy Chris Sims and others have identified Mac Jones as the guy uh, that the Niners were after. Um. That's the conventional wisdom. But uh, I caught wind of an, a radio interview that Adam Schefter did that kind of raised a few questions, even though he spoke uh, pretty definitively about the Niners' plans. So I want you to listen to that closely, followed by Nick Saban was on with Dan Patrick earlier, 
and offered some interesting insight into the Niners scouting process to this point vis-a-vis Mac Jones. So Adam Schefter followed by Nick Saban. Check it out. Shefty, what are you hearing about who's going to be the third quarterback off the board? Oh, Matt Jones. Such sir. So, so Shefty. So, in saying that, I, I get it. it makes sense. Um, so, I would imagine if it's Mac Jones, that means that, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. Then, no, not right now. Uh, I think again, right now, the plan would be for the Forty ers to. Again, if the draft were held today, they've got to go through the process and they've got to assess all the quarterbacks. I believe that in the end, they will pick Mac Jones at three. That'll be the pick. And they will keep Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Now, look, could New England decide we're going to give you this and this on draft day or draft weekend and the Niners make a decision to trade them? Yeah, that, that could be. But I could just tell you that their plan was they believe they've got a Super Bowl caliber roster, a playoff caliber roster, and that they want to draft a quarterback and have that guy sit on the bench, learn, get acclimated. Uh, Even though some people say Matt Jones is ready to play right away. Um, And then after the season, you move on from Jimmy. But a couple things. Number one, the – Roster is ready to win now, and they'd like, they think a veteran is more capable of taking the team further right now. And number two, Jimmy Garoppolo has missed most of two of the past three seasons with injuries. So, again, you want him to leave the roster, but there are no assurances that he's even going to remain healthy. And so if he's not healthy, well, then you have the quarterback you drafted, number three, who I believe ultimately will be Mac Jones. What did you tell Kyle Shanahan about Mac Jones? He didn't ask me a thing. Didn't ask me a thing. I said hi to him. Uh, John Lynch, too. Um, they did not ask me a thing about him. They didn't ask me a thing. Wow. Maybe they thought they weren't allowed to because, you know, out there on in the pro day floor, which is where I saw him, yeah. you know, I, I think that they, they, I don't know all their rules, but I think their rule is they're not really allowed to, to talk to me. Um, so, you know, I stood by Belichick. We didn't talk, but um, so it. You know, I don't know what their rules are, and I don't know what the reason for some of their rules are, but it is what it is. Wait, so you stand next to Belichick, but so that was a lot. There's a lot there, and I'm feverishly taking notes to try to like nitpick or read between the lines, whatever you want to call it. So I guess. Just to recap from yeah. Schefter, and, and again, I, I know Adam, worked with Adam, um, competed with Adam, worked alongside Adam, respect Adam. I don't think any of his there, – there's some things that he uses that it, that's informed speculation, but I don't think any of it's accidental. So they're assessing the QBs, but he believes strongly that in the end it's going to be Mac Jones. Right. But they have a Super Bowl caliber roster that's ready to win now with a veteran, but they want to draft a quarterback to sit and learn for a year. They want to keep Garoppolo at $25 million this year, although Garoppolo's injury-prone, so they need a backup quarterback. But then, <laughs> to this point, their due diligence has not included 
consultation with Nick Saban. <laughs> well, hearing you say it like that, which is funny. You, <laughs> what, no, it just it, it, it doesn't add. You know, honestly, honestly, and right. it, it wasn't Michael. It wasn't that long ago that I was playing conspiracy brother and Mr. Fantastic, and I was reaching for, you know. Could Urban Meyer be pulling off Jedi mind tricks? And, and oh, he didn't go to uh, to Zach Wilson's pro day because right. he wants to throw off all, us off his scent. They make really you do this. I mean, they make you do this at draft yeah, time. There's too much Start time on around. our hands. Too much time. Start looking Having and, said that, and plants and trees I, I, <laughs> behind buildings. I put all that together. But I put all that together, and all of that to me adds up. To Justin Fields. Why? All that adds up to Justin Fields for me. Tell me why. If you think you're ready to win now, you have a Super Bowl roster now, and you want a veteran quarterback, but you want somebody who ideally might need to sit a year behind that veteran quarterback. I don't think that's Mac Jones. Interesting. And if you haven't talked to Nick Saban, I don't mean to read too much in, to, too, too much into the fact, but I'm going to read something into it. They attended yeah, Alabama's pro day. It's fun. Well, well, they attended Alabama's pro day. They did not attend Justin Fields' pro day. They went to Alabama's but didn't go to Fields. So maybe I'm maybe that's my Jedi mind trick thing in reverse. Like, oh, let's go. To, but they don't have to hide their intentions. That's why they got up to three in the first place. So forgive me as I talk this out in real time. No, I, I guess like what I'm it. getting at is, and maybe it all means I nothing. I like it. Maybe it is exactly what everybody says it is, and it is Mac Jones is the next Matt Ryan for Kyle Shanahan's offense, and Mac Jones is the guy. Don't overthink it. But last I checked, Matt Ryan started day one. Last I checked, Jimmy Garoppolo making $25 million. It could also just be a, uh, them posturing, acting like they're actually going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for $25 million. Because if you have a Super Bowl-winning roster – and you have a quarterback that you like, then this goes back to what you said the other day, Michael. You don't trade up for a quarterback. You trade up to, to, for a, a supporting player, somebody else in another position. Or you sit where you are and take the best player available. They went up for a quarterback because they don't like the one they have. And if the guy is Matt Jones, and this isn't, this isn't to suggest that Matt Jones, they don't like the one they have long-term, I beg your pardon. This isn't to suggest that Justin Fields could not play right away, but based on the evaluations... He seems to need a little more seasoning than Mac Jones does. Justin Fields, we've seen plenty of analysts point out the fact that he can go through his progressions just as well as others can. But Mac Jones seems to be the play right away kind of guy more than a Fields or a Lance based look on the scouting for whatever that's. I know worth. it's just college. For whatever I know it's that's college football, but look at those numbers. Yeah. I like come on, come, come on. Again. <laughs> Maybe Fields and Lance could step right in and play right away just the same. But I guess the, the the narrative, if you will, around Mac Jones is if he's the next Matt Ryan, you're not drafting that guy to sit for a year behind a guy that's making $25 million who you can't count on because he's hurt all the time. So I guess something just doesn't add up. Maybe it's as simple as they're going for Mac Jones and they posture on Garoppolo. I thought it was interesting that New England of all teams was the one that he mentioned. I don't think that was random. They're posturing for, for, for whatever they could get for Jimmy Garoppolo and it's Mac Jones and that's it. But if you're not talking to Saban and you want a guy that could sit for a year behind a guy that you claim you could keep, you're willing to keep for a year, man, that feels like Justin Fields, who personally I would pick third overall. So yeah, I don't you know, know. It's interesting that makes sense just now. 
I no, it did. It did make sense. No, 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 it made a lot of sense. It was fun to listen to. It's fun to think about. Uh, we both love the draft, draft conversation, draft day, uh, you know, draft analysis, the whole thing. But I want to tell you that a lot of this, a lot of this doesn't really mean anything or it means something else. For example, uh, we both went to that Nick Saban, what was it called? Uh, what was it called? Saban and Belichick or Belichick and Saban? What was it called? The HBO special? The premiere we went to? Oh, uh, yeah. The art, 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 of, art of Coaching. Yep, our, our we went to that thing. We went to that together. And yep. remember, that's Saban. It's kind of Saban's thing. Like, they got, they both got, like, these little quirks, Belichick and Saban. That's why they're so cool. That's why they're boys. They got these little quirks. So one of Saban's quirks, and if you watch that, it comes out. If you watch that documentary or, or that special, it's not quite a documentary. You watch, you watch that special. One of his things is, hey, why don't they talk to me? That's what they say. Hey, why, why don't these coaches talk? I can tell you. But nobody ever talks to me before drafting him. I can tell you, it's like, come on, man, what's your issue? He always, he, he can give you like a whole monologue on that. So just put that in context. Just add that to the gumbo when he's saying. They haven't talked to him yet. Hey, they haven't talked to me. And what he really wanted to say, you know, nobody ever really talks to me like my boy Belichick does. Belichick talks to me more than anything. Did Belichick talk to you about Cyrus Jones before he drafted him? Because you gave him bad advice on that. But anyway, that's a, that's a rant for another day. Um, the other thing is, San Francisco, if they want Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I got some issues with San Francisco, but not the issues that you have. I, got, I have two issues oh, you, with them. Oh, you've had, a, you've had them for a while. All right, one, here's, here's one, here's one issue. You cannot say that you want a one for Jimmy Garoppolo, when you have traded up. Or got it, you traded for a two. <laughs> right. Well, not all that. No, no, not in that. Okay, I, I, I'm not even mad at that. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Because right. you can say, hey, right. New England, we got a good deal from New England. They messed up. They should have They should have gotten a one from us. We didn't. But we didn't, uh, we didn't give up a one. You just traded future picks up to number three to draft a quarterback. Now you think you have leverage? And you go, hey, hey we need a one for Jimmy. No, you don't. You're going, to, you know, you're going to take what we give you <laughs> for Jim. They're, they're, they're worse, than, they're worse than the Eagles. And the Eagles made out pretty good getting a two next year. You they could be a one, but, like, they, they were, like, I mean, you, ain't, you ain't in the driver's seat. You here. ain't being coy. This ain't, this ain't a seller's market player. <laughs> yeah, you ain't being coy. You owe them $25 million. Yeah. We know you don't want to keep them there. So, no, we'll, you'll, you'll take what we give you. Don't, don't act like, and like we, need to, <laughs> we, need to, we need to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, what Adam Schefter said, two out of the last three years, he's been injured. So he's an injured guy who you don't want, and you want us to give you a first-round pick for him? You're out of your mind. But this is what I really want to push back against. I've heard a lot of people say this. Adam Schefter said, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, San Francisco, their roster, Super Bowl-ready roster. No, you don't. You don't have a Super Bowl-ready roster. You went to the Super Bowl they went to the Super Bowl. It was two different things. But you, they went. Yeah, you went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. But you don't have a Super Bowl-ready roster. Mike, I'm going to point it out again. Look it up. Facts can be team. really, really they annoying got... things. Facts are so annoying. Last five years. They do have a good team. Four losing seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last five years. No, they do have talent. Four. But, I mean, but you, but, you, but, you can't, but you can't deny they have talent. They have talent. Last five years. I'm, I hear you. Four. Losing seasons. 
I hear so it's you. not like, oh, maybe they're we're, a quarterback maybe, maybe away. We're putting, maybe no. we're indicting somebody. <laughs> hey, okay, you're you're a and, not, and in fairness, away. there have been injuries. If in, in, in fairness, hold on, in fairness, and again, four losing seasons in five years. I'm not making excuses for Kyle Shanahan or anybody else. All right, okay. I'm not. But I'm saying in fairness, and, and one of those and not talked about it with Garoppolo. One of those losing seasons belongs to Chip Kelly. Yep. And but, and, but in fair. fairness, whether it's Garoppolo or Nick Bolsa or others, they've had they they they've had some really bad luck with injuries. Really okay. bad luck with they they. I mean, they've been again. Everybody deals with injuries, but they've had. Some, I'm just being. Let's just be fair. They got talent. Oh, they have a they have a talent. Be fair. I'm being fair. That's why I'm talking about their record. That's the fairest thing because they are playing. As Jamie Foxx said, uh, 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 I might need security. We're playing. He thought we were playing football. No, they are playing football, though. <laughs> they are. They're playing football. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of injuries. It's the nature of the sport. So, I don't know if they're a quarterback. I don't think they're a quarterback away. I think they're. I don't think they're the best team in the conference, or the best team in their in their division. If they if they get the quarterback that they're looking for, they are closer to being where, who they want to be ultimately. But I don't buy it. And I, I like your Justin Fields. I like your Justin Fields speculation. Right there at three, they've already told us they're taking a quarterback. I, I'm confident that they're taking a quarterback now. I'm with you, Mike Smith. I'm not confident that that quarterback is Mac Jones. And, and, and oh, let me throw another you, one in there. Oh, yep. What if it's Trey Lance? Would, it, would I be shocked with Trey Lance? Nope. Nope. Wouldn't be shocked. That, now, you want to talk about, uh, now, even at $25 million, that plan makes a lot more sense. Like, uh, Trey Lance more than any of these big five, need some time. Need some time. Just hasn't played a lot. Right. Forget. In- including North last State. year. Like, hasn't played a lot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hasn't, uh, you're right. Hasn't played a lot. He needs to sit. So if, you're, if your master plan is to take your Super Bowl-ready roster and have a veteran quarterback pilot it, but set yourself up at QB for the long term, and Trey Lance is that dude. Because it hit, hit, wait for it. We haven't used, I don't even know if we've used this word at all. Upside. 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 You know, but if you, if you, if Mac Jones is, if he's Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan played day one, you know? Um, let's, let's go back though to yesterday's big trade. Oh, because uh, we looked at it a lot from the Sam Darnold perspective, from the Panthers' perspective. But the one thing, all right, I'm just gonna go ahead and just be vulnerable right now. Go ahead, the do it. Hey, hey, that, do it. The one thing I can't adjust. I could get everything up to date. I could I could force results when it comes to the schedule. I could manipulate the draft order, save for compensatory picks. I could, if I need to, turn off the salary cap or figure out a way to get every player on the team that they're supposed to be on if I need to. Man. If I needed to, if I were so inclined. What I can't yeah. do is add a 17th game. Because if I could add a 17th game, oh, I'd be in franchise mode with the Jets right now. Oh, I, I mean, listen, man. This is what we have come to praise Joe Douglas now. Because it, it, it could be a steal 
for the Panthers. And it could also be a win for the Jets. And I know that they tend to trade their first round picks. I think it's the last six have been traded before they've reached their second contract. I get it. That's incredible. But 20 pick, Michael, 20 picks. 20 picks. Here's a better stat. Because I'm a glass half full kind of guy. 20 picks in the next two drafts. Two first round picks, a second, two thirds, a fourth, two fifths, and two sixths in this year's draft. Two firsts, two seconds, a third, two fifths, and three sixths in next year's draft. Oh, I'm sorry, is it 21? 21's a total? Okay, it's 2021. I mean, hey, listen, they're going to miss a. All people miss on draft picks. B. That's right. It's hard. They're the Jets. It's hard work. So, it's, but 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 they they've got so many chances to get it right. Yeah. This is so much fun. Like, remember going into the season, Michael. Going into the season, I was a Jaguars guy because I like how they were set up with their cap space. All those picks, the draft picks that they had going into the season. Season went just as I wanted from a franchise mode perspective. Uh, is there any room on this flight? I'll take a middle seat on the Jets bandwagon. I'll take a middle seat. All right. I'll sit by the bathroom at this point. I am so excited do to be do a Jets fan. I don't need first class is what I'm saying. I, you can have, and you know who's ever next to me, you can have the armrest. I, I, I am exit sign seat, me up to be exit on, seat or bathroom. Which was the worst? Exit seat or the exit row or the bathroom? Give me the exit row. Some of us are willing and able to assist in in case of emergency, so I don't mind yeah. an exit row seat. Plus, it's got. I, I'm bathroom. able to assist. Yeah, um, I'm able to assist. Yeah. but I'm gonna uh, let I'll, you know if yeah. something goes down, I'm probably gonna freak out. I'm able to do it as you asked me very <laughs> calmly. Yes. Oh yeah. Sure. I'm able to. I need. Do a, I, need I need. Ver- I need verbal like confirmation. I need verbal. I need if, verbal confirmation. Yeah, that's right. If something goes down, <laughs> take off your headphones. Okay. Oh, no. I'm a. Bottom line is, I'm. I'm, I'm excited about New York's future. Uh, it's a good time to be a Jets fan, and I'm sure uh, actual Jets fans are over the moon right now at the idea of Zach Wilson and what they've done in free agency. And Ooh, this is why. Know. This is why. And I, and, I, and I choose to say this. So the last thing I'll say before I give it to you, I choose to say this the day after the conclusion of March Madness. This is why the draft, despite wow. of that stat, look at this. Despite of that stat, okay, Unreal. despite of the they traded the last six and they cut the previous two. It's come uh, on six consecutive first round, six consecutive not the last six. I beg your pardon. They traded six consecutive first round picks from 2013 to 2018. I apologize. Not the last six. but And they cut the previous two. Wow. Despite that stat, I'm saying this on the day after the conclusion of March Madness. This is why the draft is the best event in all of sports. Because nowhere, not even on opening day in Major League Baseball, nowhere does hope spring more eternal than the NFL draft. Yeah. Nowhere. Nothing gets every fan base energized. Nothing gets, we're talking about, we're in an inclusive environment. Talking about inclusive. Talking about diversity and inclusion. Bad teams, good teams. North, south, east, west. Red, blue, black, white. 
other people of color, everybody, everybody's excited about the NFL draft. Everybody, right. no matter how bad your team is, no matter how much they screwed up the draft in the past, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the player your team wanted. You're going to get the player that nobody expected to be there. You're going to get a steal. You're going to get a your franchise is going to be re-energized just in 22, 3, whatever it is, short days. Oh, I love the draft. God, I love it. 23 I wish, days. I wish I could get a 17 game on Madden. I would, I'm telling you, I'm a franchise judge right now. I would do whatever it took to acquire all these picks so that I could execute them. And God bless See, the this people is who why, are creating draft classes. This is why, family, this is why you got to love brother from another. You never thought you could marry DEI and the NFL draft and have it make sense, right? <laughs> well, that's what we just had. We just had that uh, on the show. Look. You said this makes a lot of sense, and you're, you're excited about it. I know you have. Even though you can't get to the 17th game, you're not fooling me for a second. You've already started franchise mode. Sarah, uh, check him out. Check him out. Uh, he is already in franchise mode. It's on pause mode. now. The, the 17th game. Yeah, I did. You know, and I, I'm, I'm not even trying to I know you did. The 17th I know you did. Stop game lying. Thing, the 17th game thing threw me off. The 17th game thing threw me off. It kind of threw me off. It's right. like I, now it kind of feels, feels weird. feels weird to play. Feel like, I feel like the game is dated now. It's just like, uh, okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you about to say? Well, what else you but I'll say this. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. You know who messed me up? I'll tell you who messed me up. Yes, I'm going to admit this. Uh, Rich Samini from, uh, from ESPN.com, he really messed me up yeah. yesterday. He's writing about this trade. And you know how I've been riding, riding for Zach Wilson all season long? All season. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, oh, that's the guy. Zach Wilson's incredible. Yeah. Could he? And, and, and been doing a little. Some people say he might be better than Trevor Lawrence. I've been doing that thing all oh, year. Oh my god! All year, all year. Rich brainwash me. Samini, beat writer who has covered the Jets for many years, was critical of the Sam Darnold trade. He pointed out that there is some. There was some internal disagreement in the Jets' hierarchy o- over whether to keep Sam or not. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he mentioned, wait, wait, to, he keep, wait couple, to keep him to keep him in lieu. Wait, hold on. To keep him with no, no. A number no. two pick quarterman Zach Wilson. No, or instead have, of have Sam oh, Darnold okay. be the man okay. and go somewhere else at number two. Yep. Either trade two. What I've been saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either trade two and get more picks or yeah. use. Use two on the best wide receiver, the best tackle, uh, whatever. But he had a loud man. He's, he had a line about Zach Wilson. I was like, oh, man. See, why you do that to me? Now you mess with my mind. He said, yeah, it's great to be the next Patrick Mahomes when you're playing against, you know, substandard competition. Say, yeah, you, you ain't played nobody. You weren't even a st- you weren't even guaranteed to be the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, going into your senior year. I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> he's, just, he's cutting him up. He's just like poking at the resume, and, and I was like, oh, you know, he did point out that Sam Darnold has had this would have been his third coach. This would have been his third coach, I think, or or for no, not not Darnold. For some, co- for some Jets who have been there, Marcus May, the safety. He's had three yeah. coaches in five who, years. Who had a facepalm emoji. 
I think yeah. Marcus May had a face palm emoji trade uh, tweet, tweet reaction to the trade, which so now time now my mind read into it. Now my mind's not right. My mind's not right. I'm thinking, hmm, should they have kept? They should have stuck with Sam. Should they have kept him? Because I, I really do great, great, uh, Look, great. There it is. Five o'clock yesterday. Five o'clock yesterday. This is five o'clock yesterday. <laughs> I mean, Sam Darnold. And look, hey, look. Again, good for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is like the greener pastures. Sam Darnold. I like him. Sam Darnold. He got played for some support. He played for the so called the so called offensive guru, Adam Gase, whose offense. Who calls is- him that? Oh, oh. you haven't heard this? Not in a long time. Who is it? The, no, no, no. You didn't see, uh, who was it? Uh, the owner of the Jets called him a genius. This so, year. Okay, okay. Bill Belichick. He's about incredible. Okay, how about Bill Belichick? <laughs> okay. Okay. Bill Belichick. Okay. No, and, and this is, and I was like, far Bill, be, far be it from on. Bill Belichick. Far be it from Bill Belichick to lay it on thick. Or even miss laying on thick. You know what he said? But 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 continue. You know what he said about Adam Gates? Nobody does a better job than Coach Gates. You come on, come on. What? Nobody does a better job. And and the follow-up question is even more entertaining. So, Bill, what's he good at? Everything. (laughs) Oh, really? So Sam Darnold had to deal with Adam Gates for a couple of years. I don't know, man. You get it. You put, you put him in a better system. You put you put weapons around him. That one clip you like to show, here's a, a good example. That one clip you like to show of Sam Darnold kind of escaping the rush, throwing a little pass, Braxton Berrios scores a touchdown. Yeah, across his body going left. Yeah, yeah. It's Braxton Berrios. Boom. He, haven't, he hasn't had a lot to work with. He hasn't had a great line. I don't think he's had a player um, with a thousand yards from scrimmage. I think he's had one. I think it's Le'Veon Bell. I think I I hope I didn't butcher that stat. He's had one, Le'Veon Bell, um, in his tenure with the Jets. Um, So you can understand why Sam Darnold would be later to be joining, well, reuniting with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Who knows who they add? Uh, in the draft, they make a quarterback. I'm in at eight. They, they claim that they or claim they're not out of the quarterback business. They claim they're not out of, the, out of the quarterback business, but they're not picking up his fifth year option and trading these picks, you know, and moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. This is like draft day right to here. Come, to, to, to take, a, to, I mean, if it's it's new life. He got he's got to feel like he's got new life. He's got to feel like he's got a a, 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 a new career. He had an apprenticeship. He saw how it shouldn't be done in New York. Even Joe Douglas yeah. said his career story has not been written yet. I mean, he he just he just hit he, he just hit a lick. He just he just came up. But I, I, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm appreciative, Michael. Um, before we go to break, and uh, we got another guest coming. I'm appreciative of um, one thing. This is why I like to quote cool Joe Goody and listen to me now. Believe me later on. I I I love hearing the echo. That I'm hearing. I, I love that you basically are coming around to where I've been since the beginning of the season. I mean, at one point, I mean, the only thing I the only thing I've wavered on is which player. I was like, 
Yeah. And Sewell was my guy at the number one pick. And you said I was crazy. You said I was tripping. You said I was smoking when I said, well, yeah, stick with Sam Darnold. The first pick of the draft. So The first I, pick. Okay, well, the second pick in this draft is your first pick. You see it as though your favorite quarterback. I mean, bro, you are really – like, don't let Rich Samini get in your head. Oh, yeah, let's go back to that. He's in my head. Not, don't let people get – bro, you've been, dri- you've been driving – I know. You have been driving the Zach Wilson hype train all year long, and all of a sudden – you hear somebody tells you to take a left, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. Now you don't know where you're going? No, but like, it was like, I, no, it was no, emphatic. Man. No. That was emphatic. It was emphatic. Oh, because it, it was, was emphatic? Out. It was an emphatic. So I, so, I was like, so oh, I yeah. Strenuous, so I just need to strenuously object. If I strenuously yeah. object, oh, okay. So, was, yeah. I mean, I'm emphatic every day, and you don't listen to me. So, Rich Samini writes one thing, and well, all of a sudden you're taking his word for it. But I've been telling you all season to stick with Sam Darnold and, and, and address his supporting cast. And now, now you're like, oh, okay. Now, now you're here. Now you've arrived. Better I know you never well, So I really don't know him. I, I know one, you too well, one. so, you know. Let's, let's do, let's do this one quick. You need to, Some stuff I'm not going to listen to you Let's on. do this last team quick. Oh, I get it. I get it. And you're probably better off for it. I just want to do one last team quick before we go to break and we, we pivot to uh, some NBA talk with our man, Amino Hassan. Um, the other report was earlier today that the Falcons are entertaining calls about trading down. As everybody business. is. No, no surprise. But open for business at number four, given that the first three are, are quarterbacks penciled in. Falcons committed to Matt Ryan. They can get his heir apparent, or they can get his supporting uh, somebody to help his supporting cast. You can, get, you can get best player available, best non-quarterback available, if they so choose. Or let somebody who's hungry for a quarterback come up to four. Only bring that up to say, I want to ask it to you this way. Who do you think should be the most aggressive. Who needs to get up to four to go okay. and presumably address their quarterback long-term? Who should be on the phone with the Falcons right now trying to pull off a deal? And there's only one right answer to this question. You think it's the Patriots. I know you think it's the Patriots. 100%. But, but I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why if that happens, it can't happen or shouldn't happen before the draft. So I need, I need, I need to see it. Call me Thomas. I need to see it. I need to see it actually happen. So look, all right, at one, Lawrence, I need to see that happen. Okay, you're like, you're like, what? Did you really make no, that? No, reference? you touch, you touch your hand, you touch your hands and everything. I'm like, wow, you're still in, you're still in Easter mode, right? I got it. 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 So <laughs> I got it. One, you got Lawrence. Wow. Two, yep. Wilson. Now, I need to see what happens at three before I'm all aggressive going up to four because, look, what if I got a guy in mind that I love? And I need to see okay. what San Francisco is going to do. I, this is what I would do. If I'm, if, if I'm the Patriots or anybody so else. Like, as in, as in if you're the Patriots, let's say you love Mac Jones, but he may not be there at four. Let's say you love Justin Fields, he may not be there at Contention. four. You're not just going up for anybody is what you're saying. Okay. I'm going to make a. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll make contingency plans with you right now on April 6th. I'll say, look, this is what I'm willing to do. Would you accept this? All right. So if the draft falls this way, we got a deal. But if my guy's not on the board at three, I think I know what San Francisco is going to do. But if my guy's not there at three, I'm not going up for Trey Lance. I'm going up for this guy. I'm, maybe I'm going up for Mac. And if Mac's not there at three, I can't do it. It's hard to be aggressive when you're at four. 
Like being at three is a little, there's some more certainty at three. Four is the second. A little bit. I don't yeah. know. It starts to get tricky. I don't know. It starts to get tricky. But you think it's it a pain thing because you think, I think it should be the. Their quarterback situation I just, I think, is so uncertain. But no, listen, I'm, I'm higher on Cam Newton than you are. I'm much higher on Cam yeah. Newton than you are. It's not hard to do. Uh, I, I, you know, I was all in last year. I know, right? That's that's not saying much. You're right. That's touche. Um, I, I think I think Cam Newton is a perfect bridge quarterback at this point. And I think Cam Newton, the leadership he showed, shows that in his own way, and I'm sure he's he's, he's still going to be competitive. I think he'd be a great mentor for a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance even. I think the Patriots are not set up long-term, and this entire offseason has been about being aggressive. They spent the most money in free agency in NFL history in one offseason, I believe. Yep. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. $165 million dollars in guarantees. aggressive. $165 million. Kraft said it at the owners' meetings. We got to get our quarterback situation fixed long-term. I, listen, they've already showed, hey, we don't scout very well. We haven't scouted very well around here lately. People are in love with these five quarterbacks. I, I, and, then, and on the flip side, Atlanta probably wants to think long and hard about, yeah, we're committed to Matt Ryan, but we could really have his – maybe it's Trey Lance for Atlanta. Hey, we love this guy's potential. Let him sit and learn from Matt Ryan for a year or two. Ain't no, ain't no shelf life on quarterback development, you know. So, if I, if I, but if I think I think of all teams, I think it's the Patriots that really need to continue with the theme of this offseason, be uncharacteristically aggressive with addressing their personnel needs. They had Brady for 20 years. He covered up for a lot of shortcomings. Uh, he turned water into wine. They were not. They, they they got spoiled. And 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 not to mention, not only did they have Brady for 20 years, they got him in the sixth round. They don't really know how to operate from this place, this position. They don't. They don't know how to. It's like trading places. They're Winthorpe. They don't know how to be broke. They don't know how to Absolutely. be broke. They don't even know how to, how to live like this. They don't. Like, go get your quarterback long term. Go up there to four. To get, All Atlanta. Mike, get to get the quarterback, to get that quarterback and it, like they did for 20 years, not only get him, to get him in the sixth round, but to have him thinking like them. Like Tom Brady is thinking about the cap and, hey, uh, you know, how much money do I really need? Like, man, that ain't your job. I mean, you ain't no capologist. You don't have to think about this, but he did. So it was so rare. That's not going to happen again. They, hey, welcome to the rest of the world. Welcome to the rest of the NFL where you got to find a quarterback and that quarterback is trying to get his. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That's a good parenting on the part of Julius Randle raising uh, his son to hate 
the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's welcome in somebody job, I Julius. love and have loved for a long time, Amin El Hassan. This is not your brother from another debut. This is the first time you've been on with us. You kicked it with with Vinny and Karen before. This is your first time with us. What's up, man? Yeah, I, I got the B team last time. Vinny, especially Vinny. <laughs> I just can't stand talking to that guy. <laughs> he texts me all the time. I'm like, Stop texting me. How'd you get my number anyway? <laughs> now that's how you come out. Oh, that's how you come out hot. That's right great. There. Exactly. Give it to Vinny Goodwill. All right, Michael, you We're playing this clip on Friday, by the way, for Vinny. We're gonna play it on Friday. Yeah. Get a little get, get a little something going with Please y'all. Please do. Please do. But we still believe in brother. All right, Mike, you up first. What you got? You know, you know what, uh, I mean, I want to ask you about uh I do want to ask you about Brooklyn since we had that clip from uh Julius Randall's son. Uh I think that's me at that same age. Somehow I time traveled and I feel that same way. I just straight up hate on Brooklyn. It's not, it's irrational. I'm not sure why, but everybody I talk to says, Hey, this is the best team in the NBA. Uh, do you agree? And if so, why? Well, I mean, first of all, let me just say that video was kind of like when your parents took a picture of you when you were naked, when you were like two years old. Like, why does this picture exist? <laughs> in the I mean, why are we show in the bathroom? Why are we showing this to <laughs> Yeah, why are we showing this to guests? Like, no, this no, this doesn't need to be <laughs> displayed. But as far as the Nets go, they're very talented, and they are as elite offensively as literally any team in the history of the NBA. And the crazy thing is we really haven't seen them with all three guys for an extended amount of time. But I don't think they're the best team in the league. I think they're still having problems with uh, interior defense and rebounding. And I think the big thing here is when you have three guys like Durant, uh, Kyrie, and James Harden, you are essentially giving up a little bit on the defensive end. You're just making that that kind of trade-off right there because there's three of them. And so that means you're taking time away from players who could be helping in those regards, but they can't because obviously you're not going to bench one of these Hall of Famers to play a, a specialist. And that's the part that I think Steve Nash is going to have to figure out and to juggle. In many ways, their injuries and their inavailabilities of their different star players has helped in this time because it allows them to play balanced lineups. When all three are back, then that's going to be a different story we're going to have to figure out. Yo, um, in the West, though, man, obviously coming into the season, it was Lakers repeating. Uh, will the Clippers actually finally not clip? Um, and But for the most part, the conversation around Denver has mostly been about Nikola Jokic's MVP candidacy. But now they get Aaron Gordon. And the other night, I think they flipped, again, albeit against the Magic, I think they flipped the 18-point deficit to a 10-point win. What has uh, Aaron Gordon... And then you look at the way Michael Porter's been playing. Obviously, we know about Murray and Jokic. But what have, what have they unlocked by adding Aaron Gordon? And how? And even Utah has been more of a story than Denver this year. How much should we be paying attention to the Denver Nuggets as a legit threat to the Western Conference throne? You know, I, think, I think, Mike, they started the season with a massive deficiency, again, on the defensive end. And in their case, it's because personnel leaving. They lost Jeremy Grant. They lost Torrey Craig. They lost Mason Plumley. They lost, if you go back a little earlier to trade deadline the year before, they lost um, uh, Malik Beasley. And so this is a team that had an, a, an out, outro of all the good defenders 
And in their place, the only guy they acquired who fits that bill is Jamichael Green. Everyone else who stuck around, whether you're talking about Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. or Will Barton or Jamal Murray, these are not good defensive players. No, no disrespect to them, but those are guys who make their bones on the offensive end. So Aaron Gordon kind of shifts the balance back. They got themselves a guy who can defend multiple positions at a very high level. And at the same time, they didn't sacrifice anything offensively because we know he's a guy who can step out and shoot the three. He is a vertical spacer. So that's something else. They didn't have someone who can, you can just throw it up in the air and say, go get it. And he'll, you know, put it on somebody's yeah. head. So I think he, and by the way, he's a pretty good passer as well and playmaker. So it gives them a little bit more options and flexibility there. So I thought the Aaron Gordon acquisition did a great job of answering a lot of holes that they had in their lineup. And then the flip side is the stuff that they gave up to get them. Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a protected first-round pick. That's a very light cost, especially considering Gary Harris really hasn't been the same since that hip injury a couple of years ago. He was a pretty good, to uh, very good three-point shooter before that. Since then, he's been in the low 30s. I don't know if he's ever going to get better off of that hip injury. Hip injuries usually do more damage to smaller players than they do bigger players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then RJ Hampton is just, it's too early to figure out what he is for the Denver Nuggets. I thought like Aaron Gordon was a home run deal. Yo, man, um, you, you came out swinging rightfully. So with some shade at Vinny Goodwill. So <laughs> before we let you go, we're going to kind of bring it full circle because last time we talked to Vinny and Carl for that matter on Friday, they were both acting like, you know, oh. the verses between the Isleys and Earth, Wind and Fire yeah, yeah. was Baylor Gonzaga. Like, it was no contest. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so I want to know what you thought of the verses to end all verses Come on, on now. Sunday night. Well, first of all, I logged in to watch Earth, Wind & Fire versus Isley Brothers. I did not log in to watch Steve Harvey talking about every song and how he has a memory for every song that happened. Oh, when I heard this song, I was in a hotel. No, man, That's, it's impossible. Yeah. There's no, there's no catalog on earth that I can listen to every song and have a distinct personal memory about. So, but Steve Harvey aside, yeah. I thought it, it, it was, it was not the best one. It was one of the best. And they came out with the theatrics and they came out with all the bangers and all the, the hits and the thing, you know, I love Earth, Wind & Fire, but the thing about the Isley Brothers that we have to accept and recognize is these guys have evolved their music with the times. There were so many oh people who didn't know. They didn't know that they did Shout. I'm like, how did y'all not know this? But it's because yeah. Shout is such a very 50s type song. It's like, wait, yeah. wait, the same guy that did yeah. this also did Contagious? How is that possible? It's because they yeah. evolved their sound. So I give them a lot of credit, and yeah. I think everyone got to see that the other day. Yeah, when they played, yeah, so you go uh, with the Isleys. I was like, oh, they're not playing fair. Oh yeah, I was like, they're not playing I, fair. I, I didn't think they were gonna touch the R. Kelly related songs, and then and they, I was like, oh, they ain't playing fair. They broke out the big guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they, hey, they, you know, by the way, you know what, fella? Go ahead, Mike. No, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I was just, gonna, I just want to shout out um, Spice Adams, Afyon Crockett, and Godfrey because Spice and Afyon always do a post game of the verses where they pretend to be the two artists. And this time they brought mm-hmm. in, they brought in Godfrey to be Steve Harvey, and all of them had the outfits. I, I like, I was shocked <laughs> that they had the exact outfits that these people were wearing in the verses. Like, how is that possible? But they they, they cracked me up. They do such a great job. Yeah, hey, hey man, like we said before, the wild card is Ernie Isley. Like that, there's no matchup. If we were talking about a series, 
Nobody matches up with Ernie Isley. It's just, that's unfair. Yeah, <laughs> difference maker. He broke out the guitar. That was it. It was a wrap after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to wrap it. Hey, man, uh, let's do this again soon, bro. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Glad you're doing well. Stay looking crispy. Trying. I'm trying. I'm in Miami right now, so this is uh, I'm trying out here. I got my vaccines and everything. Let's right, go. <laughs> All right, Amin. We'll talk like to you later, it. man. Thank you. All right, brother. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Michael, before we go, uh, the NFL has released a statement calling the allegations against Deshaun Watson deeply disturbing. Uh, Two of his accusers uh, shared their accounts um, publicly today. Uh, All I would say, Michael, is if we're serious about uh, sexual assault and evolving and maturing when it comes to discussing and dealing with sexual assault uh, as a society, as men, uh, again, let's not center the quarterback. I'll keep hammering that refrain. Let's not center the quarterback and focus on the punishment, the suspension, trades, all that kind of stuff. Like, if you have any questions, it's Google, research. Why did they go to the civil route versus taking it to police in the first place? All of these things can be, like, educate. Take this opportunity to educate yourself and not just fall back on your assumptions about Deshaun Watson in particular and sexual assault in general. And you could do that without necessarily passing judgment, but you can still listen to these uh, these accounts and take them very seriously. Yeah, you know, we, we uh, and I would say just go back and listen to the words of Ashley Solis, who came out and said, remember the name. I think we should all remember the name. And she did make a reference, Mike, to online comments and some people just kind of uh, throwing some things out there that are hurtful. You have to know, uh, unfortunately, that that's a part of it. But you can't stop there. You can't get caught up in that community yeah. and get all of your information from people who are speculating, throwing things against the wall. Hey, this is why they're coming out. Exactly. This is why these women are saying exactly. these things. As you said, there's a lot of information out there about the legal system and why this course is being taken. So uh, read up on it. And this story is not going away. Nope. All right, man. Talk to you tomorrow. Should be day yes. eight of the Derek Chauvin trial. Lots happen on that front. We got to get to tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 